Hey, this is Adam Cruz, owner-broker of the Herman London Real Estate Group and host of the St. Louis Realtor Podcast. And this is Shannon St. Pierre, a realtor at Herman London and co-host of the St. Louis Realtor Podcast. Before we begin, we just want to say that we are Realtors, which is different from someone who is simply an agent. The term Realtor identifies a real estate professional who is a member of the National Association of Realtors and subscribes to its strict code of ethics. And even though it's called the St. Louis Realtor Podcast, this show is for everyone who's interested in real estate. Buyers, sellers, Realtors, HGTV watchers, everyone. So if this specific episode isn't exactly what you're looking for, go through our past episodes and I guarantee you'll find a topic that interests you. And if there's a topic you want us to cover, email us at podcast at hermanlondon.com. That's herman, H-E-R-M-A-N-N, london.com. And we'll talk about it on an upcoming episode. Thanks for listening and enjoy. From the rooftop of the Herman London Real Estate Group in beautiful downtown Maplewood, it's the St. Louis Realtor Podcast with Adam Cruz and Shannon St. Pierre. Welcome, welcome everybody to the St. Louis Realtor Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Cruz, here with my co-host, Shannon St. Pierre. Hello. We're both realtors. Hi, Shannon. We're both realtors at Herman London Real Estate Group in St. Louis, Missouri, and we are super excited today because we've got... Licensed professional counselor from the state of Missouri, Lindsay Walter, here to join us. And Lindsay's a child and family therapist. And you might be wondering how we're going to tie this into real estate, but oh boy, are we ready with questions, Lindsay. So thank you for being here today. No problem. I'm happy to be here. Absolutely. Well, Shannon, if you don't mind, would you start by telling kind of the story of, you know, what you're going through and why we thought it'd be awesome to talk to someone like Lindsay? Right, right. So, uh, you know, not to make this a personal session, but it is um, the reason that the subject came about is because I'm in the middle of a move. So we are selling a house and moving to another state. I have two children, one almost four, one almost 10. Okay. So two different kind of age brackets, but um, I definitely noticed a few things out of the ordinary, especially and more so with the almost 10 year old Mm -hmm. that, um, that kind of brought this subject, I think to light. But what furthermore is that we help families all the time move that have children. So from just, you know, moving, maybe, you know, and it's a very common thing, right? You start a family, you're in a starter home, you're ready to move up to something a little larger, maybe move to a different school district. Right. Um, and, and then there is the occasional family that is, um, got transferred out of the area to another mm-hmm. state or something for the, a job or something. So that's how we're tying it into real estate. So back to your, your comment, Adam. But uh, yeah, so I think, that we wanted to be better realtors and uh, help families with children. So and, you've noticed and, that, and like, me too, right now. <laughs> yeah, for example, you noticed that um, your daughter didn't like people coming in and out of the house. Is that what you're saying? 
Right. So we will go through that. It, you know, like I thought we'd kind of try and have some method to the madness, but mm-hmm. it did. She really did not like people coming into her room. And I mean, I thoroughly understand that when the people, when we opened the house for viewing. So when right, people came right. to look at the house, like, and it does feel like invasion of privacy. Mm-hmm. And that's really where this was like that smack in the face going, this whole process has been really hard um, for all of us. Um, yeah. The, the kind of, four-year-old is somewhat oblivious, but, uh, she isn't. And, um, you know, we're not. So, so, so I guess like, where do you start when you have, um, a family and children who are cognizant of, you know, where they are because, um, and when, so when you're going to move to another area or out of state, how do you start the conversation? Because the one thing that kids rely on so much is that security of what they know mm-hmm. and home is what they know. And this is the only house she's ever known. We brought her right. home from the hospital in the, to this house. Right. Well, I think, you know, being honest from the beginning and knowing it's not just going to be one conversation, it's going to be hundreds of conversations. Right. So don't lie to them and, and only tell them when the moving truck comes. Correct. You shouldn't do that. You should prepare them. I mean, like you said, the showing process for your daughter was really hard. Putting your house on the market, like your kids recognizing like when we have to leave every day, we have to make sure all our toys are put away. You know, we ha- there's, there's other reasons than just for mom and dad right now or just, you know, to keep the house nice right now. There's, so, so to make it so that your family is a team. And so from the beginning to let your kids know about like we have this, ex- we, we have this experience, we have this kind of adventure that's coming our way and there's going to be a lot of good things, but there's going to be some hard and sad things too, right? Okay. And room for both of those things. And okay. how did she know that people were coming in her room? Well, I mean, she knew just because, well, for, because she knows, right? Because she knows what the process is. When you look at a house, you go to every room. She goes with me on mm-hmm. showings occasionally. Like she's, she knows what I do. And so, um, and I kind of relate it back to her. And I said, you know, you've been with me on to how many houses and you've walked through other people's bedrooms all the right. time. And it's just because you just want to see the room and the layout. So for her, I think she had a slight advantage because she knows what, you know, people were doing. They weren't trying to invade and go through her drawers. Um, but they were just trying to see the layout of the house like right. we have so many times. So it sounds like you did a really good job of helping her understand and relate to experiences she's had. But I think for the overall good through the process of moving to first meet the kids with empathy, to just meet them where they're at and just be like, you're right. That is really hard and weird to think about that people you don't know right, are going to walk through your room and they're going to look in your closet. Like, I don't like that either. Right. And just sit in that kind of, and sit in that discomfort because often that's all kids needs to say like, oh, okay. Right. And then when you're ready, then you can move on to kind of finding the silver lining or normalizing it, but meeting them first where their feelings are is going to help the process a lot. That's so interesting. I think of myself as empathetic, but that what you just said seems like something that would be hard for me, you know, because if they're like, I don't like this, I would think I would go into like, you know, trying to make them happy mode. And it's, so you're saying start with just empathize. Right. So that's, I mean, that's a basic parenting rule always, 
right? Um, in the parenting classes I teach because we so often as parents don't like our kids to suffer. It's so hard to watch our kids be upset. So we jump into fix it mode, right? Mm -hmm. But really to, we want to raise children that become adults that are like healthy adults that can have healthy relationships, right? And so part of that is, is teaching them how to know their feelings, express their feelings in appropriate ways and letting them know that their feelings are okay. There's no bad feelings. Um, it just, it's how, we, what we do with those feelings that determines good or bad. Right. So, um, and then at the, so at the beginning of the process, you know, once we, we also part of getting a house ready for sale is decluttering. Mm -hmm. uh, and as every parent knows, de decluttering like toys and all those, all that stuff is hard mm -hmm. on a normal scenario. You know, most parents find you have to do it in the dark of night. At, right. throw everything in a trash bag and put it off, hide it into a corner until you can donate it. Um, so that was a really hard process too. Like, and I still had to do the dark of night little trick, but um, we also, I tried to include her because I need to know actually if she did want to keep a lot of her stuff because mm -hmm. nine, it's a much different than the say, four year old, but right. Um, and I found that she was holding on to everything and relinquishing mm -hmm. anything was impossible. Right, right. Well, there's so much changing right now, mm -hmm. right? Like you're moving states, you're selling the house and moving away from the house that she came home from the hospital in, like you said. Not to mention she didn't even get to finish her school year, right? We don't know if she'll get to start an actual school when you guys move, right? There's so much in the air that like, her possessions probably make her feel safe right now. So you recommend allowing her to just keep them all? <laughs> That's a good question. I think every parent is the expert of their own kids. So I can't get, there's not a prescriptive way, but I think often saying, Hey, what if we pack a, a box of these that we, that I think you're not going to play with anymore, but we take, we move them with us. And if you want anything out of the box, I'll get it out of the box. But after about a month of living in our new home, if you haven't wanted any of these things, maybe then we give them to kids that need them. That's a good idea. Cause I mean, what, it's not going to be a few extra boxes. So, right. um, you know, and I think that's ultimately what I did is because you don't have a lot of time to argue or try and w help her work through every little possession. So you're like, great. You know what? Let's just throw it in boxes. Let's just, we gotta go. We gotta go. Right. Um, so yeah, so then you, so that was the first process where I was like, this is a lot harder. And then it did get to the, um, uh, you know, decluttering the entire house and trying to get it for showings. And then, and then that's when the room situation came about where she felt, I think, violated in a way. And yeah. I'm, um, I don't know, she's not wrong. I, as a realtor, I've walked into hundreds of bedrooms, but I hated the idea of people walking through our bedroom. Right, right. I don't know how you feel, Adam, but. Oh, I'm, I, I never sell any of my own houses because I don't want them coming through. No, <laughs> I don't, that's not why, but I, I totally can relate. I can empathize. How about that? Oh, there you go. Look at Adam growing, using big <laughs> words. Yeah, I. I think it's normal for her to feel violated. 
right? Like, but just how do you help them do that? To, I mean, only because she understood what I did and we've done it before. How would you help another kid that didn't quite understand why everybody was going to be looking at their room? Right. So Explain explaining it. to them about, you know, being able to say, well, if when we're buying a new house, don't you want to be able to see what your possible new room would look like? Right. Like I know I would, I would want to make sure that it was big enough and it had a closet and it had a, it was bright enough. Like I want to know all those things. If I'm considering buying a house that you're going to live in, that we're going to live in as a family. So to kind of, so first to do the empathy and to say to her and be honest about your own feelings, like, yeah, it's uncomfortable for me too. Right. I don't like somebody looking in my closet or in my bathroom drawers or cabinets, right. That feels weird. Um, uh -huh. and then you can say, and we're, kids are complex people too. We can say that's weird and uncomfortable. And also this is part of the process. Yeah. So she, I mean, uh, you know, I, she wanted to pack up her drawers, like all her clothes and specifically like oddly enough, all her underwear. She wanted to take all her underwear with us when we left the house because and that's when I was like, oh my gosh, this might, might be a higher level of mm -hmm. something. I'm not sure what's going on because she took the most it's like private, her private stuff, right? Yeah. Yeah. The most private thing we, we could have just thought about right now. And she wanted to pack it all up and take it with her. And I'm like, I assure you, no one's looking in drawers or if they do, that would be really weird by the way. Mm -hmm. But, um, she went to that and that's when I started to notice like some of that behavior going, okay, um, you know, wow, this transition, not to mention the pandemic, everything is complete uncertainty in, right now as it is, but then right. also then now we're going to uncertainty. Like we've never even seen our place where we're, we're going to an apartment and that we've never seen. Mm -hmm. Well, hold and, on, let me ask a couple of questions. Let me ask a couple of questions. Yeah. Sorry. Because uh, you brought, brought the underwear thing, and then the, um, there's kind of like three things you just mentioned there that I was wanting to ask about. So, okay. Lindsay, should she have let her bring her underwear with them, put it in the well, van with us? Right. I think you have the conversation of what would make you feel the most safe, right? Would, it, would you feel safe if we put a layer of folded T-shirts on top of your underwear? Would that be a step? So that you're like giving a little bit into her fears and anxieties, but you're not going all the way, right? Like she's still standing up to the anxiety. Does that make sense? Yes. Because um, taking them all with you, her wouldn't teach her how to deal with anxiety? Right. I mean, and if she, right. You want to work through pushing through the anxiety, like mm. what I call often an anxiety bully, right? You want okay. to win over the anxiety bully. However, like there's a kind of a systematic way to do that <laughs> that you don't want to just this day say, Oh, nope, we're going to, I'm going to strong arm you and I'm going to put, make you push through this discomfort. So that's yeah, we're putting your underwear on the bed this time. Right. You know? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> real exposure therapy. <laughs> we're gonna make you really All right. And we're going to send Adam to your parenting classes. <laughs> okay. All right. And then I was curious, you know, a lot of times in sales, what we find, is that we have to like some people sort of get emotionally stuck on their current house until they find their next house. Mm -hmm. And then once they find their next house, it's like, they don't care as much about their old house. You know, some of those emotional, right. I thought my son had to play basketball here kind of stuff sort of goes away. I've, I've noticed. 
And so I was wondering if that would be one method to say like, hey, letting people through your room or whatever is part of getting you to that, remember that new room that you love? Mm-hmm. But I guess Shannon didn't have the opportunity to do that. But would that be okay to kind of like, in general, to say like, yeah, but there's this, you know? Right. Yeah. It, I'd say that's absolutely true. You want to be empathetic. You want to be present to them, and then give them time before you jump to the. But it's going to be okay, right? But it is. But kids can handle that, right? If you are empathetic and present, then you can say, remember when we walked through the room, your, the, the new bedroom in our new house, right? Mm-hmm. I'm sure that kid felt uncomfortable too, right? But we're so excited about moving there and we want somebody else to have that same experience and be excited about moving here. So does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. And if you want your ice cream after the game, then you have to do this. But, like, if you want that new room that you love, then you have to do that kind of thing. <laughs> um, rarely. <laughs> rarely. I, w- I would use bribes on the just an occasion. Oh, rare, okay. Rare occasion. I, was, I, was being, I wasn't joking, so I'm glad you're kind of answering okay. it seriously. Because, I, like, like I was saying, we often have to get people to focus on their new house to get them to give up their old house. So. that's you're kind of putting that in the bribe category I guess you're saying yeah for kids I think you need to be careful with that because they see through it right and we're also sending the message that um your your feelings are too much or your feeling we don't want to talk about your feelings we're just going to make give you incentives to do what we want to do okay right okay so there are times for sure like make it fun make it exciting of you know like i know this has been hard with just even the idea of other of strangers going through your room so why don't we go to something fun together right like that's okay you can still get the ice cream right but but you don't have to it doesn't have to be tit for tat right so yeah okay okay well, Shana, I didn't mean to, i'm sorry i should say i'm sorry that i interrupted you earlier i just oh, wanted no, to no. ask those I think questions and then do you have uh, other questions or are we kind of jump into COVID related topics? Oh, no. I mean, like the whole process. I mean, so you go, I mean, so I think it's just, it's really hard. So how do you take a kid who's got a little bit more, well, who does have attachments in a town, you know, her school, um, which she didn't get to say goodbye to number one. So right. I'm already dealing with that. Then friends, mm-hmm. everything she's known. Right. To a place that we don't know at all. Um, and so how do you help a child through that process? So a few things. One, you're going to try to, they, these kids need to be empowered. Our kids need to have something to do, tasks, okay. right? And so part of that can be them helping you brainstorm how to say goodbye to things how to make okay. special memories, right? So maybe that is you go and take a picture outside of the school, Okay. It is you contacted. She did ask that. Yeah. These are cool. Like, this is cool. This is good, Lindsay. Go. Um, you know, like her favorite places that weren't chain restaurants, but were like little neighborhood restaurants or things. The park that she played in growing up, right? Um, having friends that she's made at her school, asking their parents to see if they'll make like short little videos for her, maybe, or having a farewell parade. Oh, that's gonna make me cry. <laughs> yeah. So that's an awesome idea. 
right? Those I think I just used a site called tribute.co for that, by the way. What is it? Tribute.co. You can go and like people can make videos and send them to you. Sorry to interrupt, Lindsay. Oh, no, that's good. That's good. Wow. Okay. Yeah, so, so creating, you can create like an actual picture book, right? Okay. With pictures of special things. But additionally, you could also create kind of a virtual with like these videos. Okay. Right? So maybe that's her giving, doing a tour walking through your house, right? Saying okay. memories, some of her favorite memories in each of the pl special places in your house. Okay. Right. Cause that's going to mean right now, that's going to mean a little bit to her, but a lot to you probably, but in a couple of years, she'll really appreciate seeing that too. Oh my gosh. Okay. Right. The neighbors taking pictures with the neighbors or of the neighbors, having them video something. Okay. Right. I'm writing so, everything down. So sorry if I'm not, I'm, I'm literally you're just. You're good. You're good. <laughs> but, but helping her kind of create in a sense, like a blog or a, a, her own website, it wouldn't have to be public by any means, but just where she could keep all of these digitally, that she's part of the process of recording these videos of having people, you know, I think some of them can be surprises like her friends from school or things, but then she could also help video the neighbors and ask a few questions about, you know, asking your neighbors, like, do you remember when I rode my bike for the first time down your driveway? Or do you remember when I knocked my front tooth out on your swing? You know, like things like that. Um, but those are special stories that she's going to want to remember. Okay. That's an awesome idea. So, oh my gosh, she loves videos too. Um, yeah, so we empower her to use them. Okay. So, basically um, hire a photographer and like go around do photo shoots at all the fabulous places. <laughs> you can just use your cell phone. Right. Just use your cell phone. Make it yes. simple. Make it simple. Yeah. So go around and say goodbye um, or get do photos at every place that she can think of. That's, mm -hmm. I mean, I think that's a great idea is help have her brainstorm. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and then, so once we kind of get to that point, and I love that video, of, especially from each of our friends, I think one of the coolest things too about this uh, pandemic uh, is that everybody's gotten used to doing online video chats. So I feel like that that's been in our favor in right. a weird way to go, it's not, um, you know, you can still do a video chat and to stay in touch with your friends. Mm -hmm. So then once we kind of get through this scrapbook um, project, video project, is there a moving day, like goodbye, like process that you would recommend or sure. something to do? I mean, so I would, for every family, it's going to be different, but to think of and, and I'm using like this word loosely, but a ritual or a ceremony, something that celebrates, right, the time and thanks the house, right, a little Marie Kondo, thanks the house for, <laughs> um, for all the ways that it served us, right? So for every family, it's going to be different. But I think finding something for your family. Maybe it's like you guys always have great dance parties in the kitchen and this is your favorite song and we're going to do it one more time. 
right? Or fighting something that is something special to your family, or we always play horse on the driveway, or we always, you know, we're going to do one last thing before we say goodbye to the house. And okay. I love that. So, yeah, we dance around a lot in the kitchen. That's actually a really good idea. So to remember, like, this was the place that we learned to do this together, that we became a family. Cool. Okay. Um, first time we both cried on the uh, first time we both cried on the podcast. And I'm like, oh, like I'm like thinking of I'm like, okay, I can't even talk right now. <laughs> no, I'm like, oh gosh, because uh, this is going to be hard for both of us, right? All of us, all of us, um, to leave. But it's, uh, I think it's going to be really cool to do this. Um, and then when you get there, like, so we transition, I guess, um, and we go to the new place. How do you acclimate there? Okay. Especially right now. Right. So a few things I would say, I know you guys haven't even seen the apartment, but I would Google earth it. I do street view so she could see it. She could see where it is on a map. You can show her where target is. You can show her where, you know, like, I'd show her where a few favorite, her favorite things are. The school that maybe she'll go to someday. Um, <laughs> right. But additionally, to, if you have like the outside of what the apartment building looks like, that kind of thing. I'd also say when you move there and how long are you going to be in the, ha in the apartment? Do you know? Well, it's uncertain, right? So, I mean, just to add okay. another layer, I, we're planning on about a year and maybe okay. buying a house. We just don't know which area we want to be in. And so that's kind of adding layers of complexity, but let's, right. that makes let's sense. say about a year, you know? Okay. So I'd say the first thing to do besides getting the necessities of like toiletries and a few things in the kitchen unpacked is to unpack the kids' rooms first uh -huh. to make them feel like their space is comfortable and they have what they're comfortable with or what they're used to. And so do you recommend putting up right now? We don't have a ton of uh, photos like of friends necessarily on our wall. We have a couple of our art pieces. Do you, is there something in a way to decorate a room to help them, you know, uh, you know, pictures of the friends, pictures of their favorite places, or does that make it more difficult to just, transition like sometimes right. I'd rather just not see it I don't want to deal with it and that's me and that my adult issues probably I don't know but um let, I'd rather her, let her know if you're available after this Lindsay first <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah it's just rather not see it I want to move on because it's it's hard enough but how does a kid do that right so I'd ask her what she wants I let her lead the way but also just like when, so, when we lose someone, because this is a major loss that you're all going to have to grieve. You're moving towards exciting things, right? But so you're going to feel excitement and that kind of thing, but also apprehension and fear. And you're going to have to grieve the loss of St. Louis and all you knew here. And so just like when we lose a person that we love, um, we're constantly thinking about it. You know, people are afraid to ask us how we're doing because they're afraid to bring it up, but we're always aware of it, right? And so for our kids, we have to be able to bring it up on a regular basis, even if that's gonna make us uncomfortable. 
We need to say to them, you know, when we get into this apartment, do you want your room to look just like this? Or should we add some pictures of things? Should we print out a photo book? How would, what would make you feel the most comfortable and the most loved? Okay. I like that. I can, I can really relate to that. Like what you said about getting there and setting up the room first. I, I thought that was interesting that you said that and probably not someone's instinct, right? You'd probably get right. the kitchen and all that set up first. But um, I know that if I was going to come and stay at your house tonight, the first thing I would want to do is know where I was going to sleep. Like I have to get my bags. I need to know where I'm going to sleep and then I can come and hang out. Otherwise, some people will just put their bags by the front door and figure it out later. I'm like, how do you do that? I need to know where I'm going. And so I can understand that, that a kid would really need that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so then the other day, let me, what I think is really, every new place is always a little bit um, scary in essence. If, you know, so besides the whole move, just going to stay someplace sometimes is scarier for kids. And I sent this email the other day to Adam, and I thought it was such an adorable idea. This um, inspection company offered up, a, it's a home inspection company. Mm-hmm. It happened to be just an email. They offer monster-free certificates so to the kids awesome. when you're buying a home. And I was like, oh, my gosh, this is the cutest idea ever. But then I went back and I circled back to a conversation I had with a girlfriend several years ago where she, you know, there are some parents that don't like the idea of those kinds of things because then the parents is then acknowledging uh, of sorts, I guess, mm-hmm. that there are monsters or monsters are in fact real. So what is your take on the whole like monsters, you, you know, the whole monster spray, monster free certificate, like how do you approach that? Because that will most certainly come up because there will be new sounds, mm-hmm. you know, there's just, it's just different. Um, so until you get used to all those kids say, you know, there's a monster under my bed. Right, right. Well, I think every parent knows their kids best. And so it's going to be different. But I think, again, again, always meeting our kids with empathy and being like, you know, these noises are weird to me, too. They're strange. Like, I'm aware of every sound where at our old house, everything was just background. I didn't notice it because it was it was so comfortable for me. Right. Um, For some kids, they're going to think that's fun to have monster spray or a certificate. Right. And those are if if a kid is going to think it's fun, go with it. If it's going to add to their fears, okay. that's when I wouldn't, right? Um, if, if they're not already saying that and, like, and you acknowledge it <laughs> in a way that's going to make them more anxious, then don't do it. But if it's, <laughs> like, if you could say, like, if you know your kid well enough that you know that they're going to think it's kind of funny to be like, look, we got the certificate. They inspected and there's no monsters, right? Some kids will eat that up. So. Yeah, I could see my little, uh, the four-year-old kind of eating that up a little bit because he does that even now. He's like, there's monsters in the middle of the night. And I'm like, hmm. Right. Uh, right. I'm not sure what he's talking about, really. And let your 10-year-old, so this is another great way that your 10-year-old can have a job as part of this process is to let her be in on that. To say, like, let her help him, like, make the monster spray do all of the things, right? Be excited about their certificate. She knows it's not real, right? But but she can make it a good thing for him and a fun thing for him. Okay. 
And that will make her feel grown up and that will make her feel like she has a role to play. Yeah. Um, that's interesting. Yeah. Cause then, cause there's this book we read that I just love and it's, uh, in the end, there's all these monsters that come into this little girl's room and in the, in the end, she just, she figures out the one thing that monsters hate most is kissing. So she kisses them all and they all run away screaming. I'm like, this is the best book. <laughs> it's right. So funny. That is yeah. Funny. So I'm like, well, that's why I tell my little guy that the little, the younger one, I'm like, well, just kiss them. Hug them. <laughs> Poor right. monster. And he's like, oh, okay. I mean, I don't know that that's the right and correct response for every kid, but yeah, for him, it seems to be kind of a, mm-hmm. a, like a way of dealing with it. Right. Right. You mind if I pop into a COVID question? Sure. Well, so kind of what I'm wondering is now, because it's not really a COVID question, but it's because of COVID question, I guess. Because of COVID, a lot of kids are home, mm-hmm. getting schooled at home or whatever. And so I was curious from your perspective, what should people who are buying homes that have kids be looking for in the houses? And if you are staying where you are, what should you be doing? And, and so as an example, is it important that a kid has a set place that they do their schooling homework every day or, you know, like an office or even if it's a certain seat in the kitchen or whatever, or can that just be switched up or what, what can people be doing to give their, you know, with their home or to help their kid through the weird COVID times? Yeah. I think, I think the most important thing, whether it's your current home or you're looking at a home is you want to, to create a space that, is is homey and relaxing and a place that you're going to enjoy right we've lived prior to covid at such a fast pace that we wanted our homes to be decorated beautifully and we wanted them to be comfortable but let's be honest how often were we in our homes for all all weekend very rarely right and now we are and so i think we're beginning to look at our homes in a different way of we still want them to be decorated beautifully but we want it to be a way that really comforts us comforts our kids it's comfortable it's it serves how we use the space um i'd say for kids it's going to depend on the kid older kids probably want a set space where they can have time to themselves to get schoolwork done. Younger kids are, you know, it's gonna be really hard for younger kids to be on a screen. And so they're gonna need to be in a more common open area where um, one or both parents are available to them, right? They also wanna feel part of something because the best part of school for most kids is, is the socializing and that's been taken away. And so they're gonna need the community of the family during the day. And so making sure, and even our teenagers are gonna need that too. So making sure that they have their own space, but have, there's also room in the house. And it doesn't have to be a big house, but that you've just created space for them, you know, for your teen or, or older elementary student, if they want to come and work at the dining room table so that they're closer to you. And I didn't know if that was okay then every night to clean their stuff up so we can have dinner at the dining room table or if they needed to have like a set spot. I guess it well, still is a set spot. They just don't have little <laughs> stuff on them. Right. I think... I think, so that's a really good question. And I think you do that together and you have a special place that you put their things. 
right? Like a, a basket that slides into a bookcase or that kind of thing. Or even your, if it's in the dining room, even like a buffet that you open one of the cabinets and there's school stuff that can easily be taken out um, and easily stored. Um, but that it, it's all, it's not like, it's just their things are a second thought and they're a nuisance and you want them to be put away. You want to do it in a way that kind of honors them. Right. And then in the morning, help them get it out, maybe depending on their age. Okay. Well, that makes sense because I mean, if you think about it at the end of school day, um, I mean, when I go to pick up my daughter, uh, she, they're cleaning up everything. They're putting mm -hmm. their pencil boxes all back together and then they go put them back on the shelf. Mm -hmm. So they're kind of do essentially doing the same thing. So you right. just kind of, so now instead of a shelf at school, it's the buffet. <laughs> right. Kind of cabinet. Well, which is becoming and, toy chess. <laughs> and it could feel like there's some kind of um, closure to that too, saying, okay, we're putting this away for the day so that we can then go and play outside and enjoy our family and, and have fun and do other things. So it's the ending of one task to kind of start the rest of the day. That's interesting. I like it. Do you, um, so then in the midst of like moving, I mean, to kind of take it to the next level, I mean, I think everybody's kind of struggling, especially with COVID, staying at home, homeschool, working. Um, how do you, like, one of my biggest concerns is I'm going, we're moving to a state where we're not going to go to school. Um, I will no longer be working, but we are isolated. We have no chance of making friends. I can't get out and meet people. So I'm kind of like, I can't think of a bigger a more perfect recipe for almost disaster. Like, so how do we keep that from happening? How do we keep sanity? Right, right. For both of us. So you're, so this is where you're going to have to make yourself get out of the house every single day. Uh-huh. And it's, um, you're moving to a cold state. So start doing it right away. <laughs> um, and then buy really warm clothing. Um, because, and, and I know you can't go to all the normal places, right, that you would right. normally go to, but yeah. I, I don't know how your family feels about nature and parks and hiking. Hates them. Terrible. <laughs> no, I mean, but I think sometimes it's also the age difference, right? We could go for right. a small hike, but we still have a four-year-old that, mm -hmm. um, but yes, I mean, parks are a great way to get out. Right. For so, now. And that's all for now. I'd also say, are you moving to Minnesota, you said? Yes. Yes. Okay. So what you'll see in Minnesota is people go out all year round. Yes. Even when it's like, you know, zero degrees outside and there's a lot of snow, people just keep living their lives. Yes, that's what I hear. We're in St. Louis. We tend to like hibernate. <laughs> right. And kind of hide at home. Um. But yeah, so making sure you get out every day to places like parks, um, like you said, very short hikes with a four-year-old. Um, I think that's a good, exper a good way too to explore different neighborhoods because you said you guys don't know what neighborhood right. you want to settle to. And so if you've done the research, and as a realtor, I'm sure you're pretty good at that, of kind of picking out the five or six key neighborhoods you want to look at, well, like make it your mission to try all the parks in each of those neighborhoods. You know, make it your mission to get a milkshake with your kids, obviously curbside or whatever, or 
visit the coffee shop safely and sit outside while it's still nice that are in each of those neighborhoods. So you can test the walkability and all of those types of things. Um, having that as a, having that as a um, task may give you more to do. Yeah. Yes. Um, explore each and every little park and every, on every corner. Mm -hmm. And they have a lot of lakes, like parks with lakes. And so, and then how do you handle the, the social or lack thereof situation? Like here we have friends and we can, we do still go see them. We have, so how do you handle, considering school, there won't be school. It is. Does she Zoom now? now? Does your older daughter Zoom now? Yeah, she does. Yeah. I don't know what you think about Zoom, Lindsay, or if it's okay for her to keep Zooming with her friends here or what? Absolutely. So my daughter hasn't seen her best friend in five months, even though they live two miles away because their family has immunosuppressed family members and they Zoom every week, right? Okay. Probably an hour and a half, right? So making sure that that's scheduled so she has that to look forward to. Um, I'd also say um, the Nextdoor app, which you're probably familiar with. Oh yeah, mm-hmm or Facebook once you're kind of in that zip code to see what's going on. Because if, if kids there are doing virtual school too, there's probably a lot of families or a combination. There's probably a lot of families that are looking for social distanced play dates of some sort. Okay. Um, and things to do. There's probably, so certain, certain sports are, are safer than others, right? So I don't know if your daughter likes to play any sports, but that could be a way to meet other kids. Well, it's gymnastics. You I know, was going to soccer. So okay. gymnastics might be. Are gymnastics uh, classes opening here? They are. Yeah. Oh. So okay. They've done a lot of things. I know in, in a couple of families that have that are going back to gymnastics. Oh, I did not so, realize. But they're well, doing into that. They're taking first a lot thing. of steps to keep it safe. So that could be a great way for her to to meet people, and for you to meet. Or just do something. Mm -hmm. Ice fishing, you know. <laughs> yeah, I don't even like regular fishing. Ice fish fishing is just going to be a no. no so, no. Lindsay, um, I'm sure you had your own thoughts and ex expectations for this podcast today. Is there anything that we're missing or that we should be asking or that you want to make sure that you say? You know, that's a good question. Um, I think we've mostly covered it, but I think recognizing your kids are capable of both sadness and fear, but also excitement, right? And that just like you, they're gonna feel all of those things and that's okay. okay. Um, and just helping them feel understood and heard. Um, and also doing those little things like rituals or ceremonies, right? So saying goodbye, you can do like a saying hello ritual to the new apartment, you know, different little things of saying like, hey guys, let's remember, like this is our first night and just trying to make it special, right? This is our first night in our new home, even if it's only for a short period of time. Like we're gonna make lots of great memories here, right? Just voicing all of that, um, you're really setting a tone, right? For the, how you want the culture of your family to be, right? And how, how you wanna just set up kind of the environment moving forward, even though it, it's strange. It's a strange time with the pandemic. Yeah, strange. I can still remember the first night we moved into like my childhood home. We like, were laying on the floor in this big room that there was, and just I can just still remember that was. 
I don't even know, right? 30 years ago, and I can remember that, that night. Right, right. Why? Now, why do you remember it? It was just weird. The house was empty. You know, we didn't have furniture there yet. I think our family was together. We were laying on the floor, looking at the ceiling. I get, we probably ordered food or something like that. I don't know. It was just a, I can remember it. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it'll be interesting because that'll be us. You know, we'll sleep, be sleeping on air blow-up beds until our stuff arrives. You know, because yeah. it goes on a truck and you don't know when it's going to necessarily arrive. So you're right. <laughs> um, well, Lindsay, do you mind if we ask just for you to tell us and the you know the listeners or watchers or whatever a little bit about your business? What are what are your typical like? I don't know if you call them customers, <laughs> clients. <laughs> clients. What? Yeah. You know, for people listening, how do they get a hold of you? Or like, just tell us a little bit about your business, if you don't mind. Yeah. So um, I'm at a partnership um, called, and our business is called Emotional Growth Counseling Services. Our office is located in downtown Clayton. Um, Myself and my partner, Katie Foise is her name. Um, And unfortunately, right now, because of everything going on, we're still seeing clients virtually. We have been for almost five months. Um, And for the most part, that's been okay. (laughs) But um, We'll continue to do that, do that until it's safe for families to come to our, back to our office. Um, we specialize in kids, teens, and families, um, often that are dealing with anxiety or mood disorders, um, high-functioning autism. But then Katie and I also have the specialty working with adopted kiddos um, and their families because a lot of adopted kiddos struggle with just understanding their adoption and attachment and um, that kind of thing. So we work a lot and we teach parenting classes for parents of adopted kids, even parents who have adopted kids at birth, because there's a lot of challenges that still come with that. So. So kids of a certain, up to a certain age generally come with their family, whatever their family is. And then once they get to a certain age, then they can start coming to see you by themselves. Correct. So, if a, if, if a teen's under 18, then the intake would, have, would be with the parents, not the child, no matter their age. If they're under 18, don't come to that. That's just the parents and me. Um, and then, I, depending on the situation, if it's a struggle between the parents and the child, then I may want to see them together sometimes. But I have a lot of teens that drive themselves or now that we're doing virtual therapy right now or telehealth, um, you know, the parents don't play as, as large of a role in that as well. So, and I see a lot of, I see a number of adults that aren't attached to families. And um, I worked at St. Louis University with college students for five years. So I love that 20s age group too. So. Interesting. Okay. I was a quote unquote bad kid growing up. So my parents were always sending me to counselors and stuff like that. And I can remember sometimes, you know, the whole family was there and sometimes it was just me. Uh, this wasn't all the time, Shannon, but just like a few times throughout my life. I can't know. imagine you being bad, Adam. What, hey, often the like... bad kids end up becoming like the most, you know, successful or whatever. Absolutely like. responsible. Yeah. yeah. Well, and my hope always would be working with a family is that a kid never feels like they're the problem, but that the uh-huh. family is the client. Right, the whole family. Yeah, and a lot of time, I mean, well, just like Shannon, I've been learning a ton just in the last hour or whatever. Their parents have a lot to learn too, you know. Oh yeah. I, I would love to go to any counseling sessions that my daughter has to go to because I'm still learning every day about how to be a dad, you know. 
Yeah, absolutely. Well, oh, no one sure. has taught how to do that, right? We can, we can copy what our parents did or try to unlearn some of what our parents did. Um, but we understand the human brain now so much better. Mm -hmm. So that has to come into play in, in our parenting. Well, do you have a few more minutes? Because I'd like to keep asking you questions if you don't mind. Sure. Uh, Shannon, do you have a couple more minutes too? Yeah, go ahead. I'm, I'm interested. Well, I mean, it's just you know, how, I mean, what kind of chances do you get to talk to somebody like Lindsay? You know, it's really cool. Um, we, my friend was telling me recently that she was driving through a parking lot and she, you know, at the grocery store and she stopped at the stop sign and then she went to the next one and stopped at the stop sign and then pulled into a spot, maybe a little quicker than she should have, whatever. But she said the lady that was behind her stopped her car, waited for her to get out and then started yelling obscenities at her. You know, and she called her uh, the F word and that the slut and all this other kind of stuff. And then like flicked her off and screamed at her and then drove off. And my friend was saying like, I said, oh, you know, thanks, whatever. But she was saying that the lady, in her opinion, just didn't have any coping skills or didn't like never learned coping mechanisms or whatever. Right. And I don't know if you would agree with that, but I'm going, okay, <gasps> like add the weight to my shoulders, right? Now, how do I make sure that my child or children get coping skills? Mm -hmm. So is this what we've been talking about? Like share empathy with them and stuff like that? Or is there other yeah. things related to that? Absolutely. I think that's a perfect, I think your friend was right on that, that this person was so frustrated by her drive that by her driving that she could treat another human being like that, right? That she could go out of her way uh -huh. to stop the car and treat another human being. Yeah, like that. She and couldn't control people. herself probably, right? She probably, right. I had to do it. I had to right. scream nasty exactly. things. And, and how many times can we see that in our children, especially like a four-year-old? Adam, I don't know the age of your kids, but... She's a under, one under two and one in the belly. Okay, okay. <laughs> so you see that same kind of meltdown, I have to do this right now, in that under two, don't you? Uh-huh, yeah. Um, Starting to. Yeah, yeah. So, so that's going to be, um, just like you said, learning to help them, learning to be present and be empathetic with what they're feeling. Um, for younger kids, Shannon, like your four-year-old, or Adam, your almost two-year-old, to um, help them name what's going on. If they're having a meltdown or really upset, to be like, are you upset because I wouldn't let you X, Y, or Z, right? But doing it in a really loving tone. Um, often, they're going to say, they're going to be like, yes, and right. And that's going to, they're still going to be upset, but that's going <laughs> to bring them down a little bit, right? There's, there's researchers that actually study toddlers meltdowns, which sounds horrible to me, but they found that if you can help them name what they're feeling and what made them feel that way, it's going to take the meltdown way down. Okay. Interesting. And that's something that I need to like learn how to do as a father, obviously. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I have learned, I mean, like, I mean, that to give um, motions names, like with my four-year-old, like we're going through, he's frustrated. I see you're frustrated right now. Or lately, they've, the, the two kids have been at it a lot more. And I'm like, oh my goodness, what's the problem? And I've heard him come back lately and go, the problem is, 
And you know, you know I love it. The problem is I didn't give enough cheers. Like, yeah, the problem is it's whatever sister's doing to her. So that's the problem. The problem is her. But right, the, the problem, problem is she's mean. Yes, but he's starting it off, and, and I mean, like, and it does work. I think what's been hard lately is, uh, you know, especially through this COVID, it's also been transition for me. So I haven't been as patient and doing finding those words i've been short um you know as well through this process because we're going through so much right but i feel like i'm gonna ruin him no matter what i feel like kids get, are gonna end up in therapy no matter what you do all parents just kind of like yep yeah, absolutely absolutely yeah you know, grow up to blame their parents for everything but uh -huh. I, I guess my goal would be to minimize the therapy and the amount of therapy they'll need um, but I haven't been doing great lately. I always say that my parents were too perfect, and that messed me up. You know? I have heard you say that. I have heard I never, you say that. I never learned how to have conflict and love at the same time mm. because I never saw them fight. You know, so it's been a, so they really messed me up. <laughs> See, um, it doesn't matter. You just blame your parents. It doesn't right? matter. <laughs> right. So I think the cool thing about today's podcast is that we can say like the theme of it basically is how to take Shannon's daughter from every time there's a showing, she's kicking and screaming and feeling violated or whatever to use some of these tips that Lindsay's given us to now every time there's a showing, maybe Shannon, your daughter will be running around with you, making sure the lights are on and, you know, and like the beds are made or whatever, right? If they can, we can take them from a freak out to a help out. Yeah, look, oh, at Adam. Hey, yeah, look at Adam working. But it's interesting, little changes, right? If little things would have made a major impact. It's yeah, really cool. Absolutely. I think I think also the biggest takeaway that any 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 family moving though can um, go through and do those storyboards of sorts or that scrapbook, even if they're moving to a different neighborhood. And you know, the kids get attachment to those houses and their rooms, right? So. I think this could help anyone moving that has children. I think it helps so, us. I think that's a good idea even for me because I'm like, oh my gosh, this is the house that we brought our home kids home to and you know, started our family. So I think for me, this, that piece of advice is actually going to help me um, transition better. Well, I'm sure that driving her around to her school and all these places and taking the photos is going to be cathartic or whatever for you too i would assume right yeah i think so Lindsay knows what she's doing wow look at Lindsay. <laughs> so i think um, it's really gonna make a big impact though well i'm glad. positive i'm glad so i really appreciate it so i mean we really appreciate you being here and taking the time i know that you know you yeah. got kids work at home everybody's going a little bit you know <laughs> yeah life is not normal for any of us for sure so let's, we'll, we'll wrap this up if that's okay with everyone. But Lindsay, do you mind telling us how people can get, telling anyone listening how they can get a hold of you? If you, assuming you want new, new customers. <laughs> sure, absolutely. So the best way would probably be our website, which is okay. emotionalgrowthstl.com. Okay. Um, we're also on Facebook and Instagram. So Love if you it. just Google emotional growth. Right. If you look up emotional growth or in St. Louis, you'll, you'll find us. Okay. So. I love it. This has been amazing. I hope everyone listening will call you. Um, at least for me, my plan will be probably to share this podcast with clients, you know, for years to come. 
for them to listen to and hopefully reach out to you and stuff like that. So you've been super helpful uh, today and in the future already. You've already helped people in the future. <laughs> That's exciting. Awesome. Cool. Okay, anything else you want to say before we wrap it up? I don't think so. Thank you for having me. Happy to have Absolutely. Help. My pleasure. Thank, Thank you very you. much. Shannon, You're great welcome. idea for a topic. Yes. Uh, okay, okay thanks everybody. We're going to book now. <laughs> there you go. Okay, All take right. care. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. See you guys. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye. Bye.